learn effortlessness, explore effortlessness. What does it mean to be effortless? So explore meditation as a practice of non-controlling, non-interfering, non-fixing, non-controlling, non-getting somewhere. Start to wait, start to really waste your time with meditation. <clears throat> Make it the one thing you don't need to be good at, productive, having results, becoming more spiritual more more anything <clears throat> this approach is based on the paradigm of the direct path that that what you're looking for that what you need to be complete that what you need to be home is available to you in this moment, free, freely. That might, might take some time to trust that, because we are very much in the progressive paradigm, in the developmental paradigm. We are very much in this view that something is missing and that something which is missing we will get in the future once we have read this book or once we did that course or once we became more of this once we did enough retreat once we studied enough so that's the progressive view that there's something missing which you which you will find in the future so the direct path view says that's the problem, that tension of grasping and that tension of relax, um, rejecting, that's the problem. That's why that which is already whole, that what is, is already complete, can't reveal itself because we are so busy to get somewhere else. And we, we say, no, this is not it, this is not it, this can't be it, no, this is not it. So, relax <clears throat> grasping in meditation. Relax grasping. So what is grasping? This is grasping. What is relaxed grasping? So this is controlling, fixing, trying to get somewhere meditation. This is effortless meditation. Opening like a flower. And it is something which happens in your body. There is, uh, there, 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 it could then, it slowly happens that <clears throat> you don't have a sense that you meditate, it's a sense that you are being meditated. It's not something you do. It's more like bathing in the sun. 
it's like just imagine the sun rises, you know, and you have been waiting. It's, it was a very cold night, and you're, you're sitting in front of your summer house, the lake, and the sun is rising. And you're just sitting there, and you let yourself be bathed in the sun. And there's no effort. You're not trying to just so that's exploring effortlessness. Yeah, relax expectation and judgments. I I have been looking for for a way to put it in a skillful way. Because to say, do not judge and have no expectations is the most stupid instruction you will ever get. (laughs) It's not going to happen. So it's so stupid to to tell yourself, don't judge. It's so stupid to think, to say, you know, sometimes people say, oh yeah, I don't have any expectations. That's really bullshit. (laughs) It's fake. It's a, it's a sign of lack of uh, self-knowledge. Because you're going to sit here and you will judge yourself and others and you will have expectations. So what, what is this instruction which you are often hear you know, from people? <coughs> don't judge and don't have expectations in your practice. You, know, you get this instruction. Um, so what, you know, there must be a purpose of it. And the purpose of it is that you become aware of what is happening. But unfortunately, sometimes it leads to kind of faking and suppressing and judging yourself for judging and judging for yourself for having expectations or not being aware that you actually judge and you have expectations and then you judge others for their expectations and their judgments. That's what we do. What we don't want to see in ourselves, we project on others. So I, I so and then somehow I found this relax expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so that's like, yeah, you 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 notice them. You notice the contraction which comes from expectations and judgments, and you just relax them. You accept that this is part of of our habits, but you, but you relax them, you take them less serious, you don't judge the judgments, you don't judge the expectations, you just let them be, you let them pass through, you don't dwell on them, you don't, yeah, so that's what I mean with relax, <coughs> relax your, your expectations. <clears throat> so with what kind of expectations do you enter your meditation practice? One I already mentioned, which could be there, and that is, yeah, I'm going to meditate so I will feel better. That is, that is an expectation. That is an expectation. And an expectation always prevents you to see, you know, the expectations to, have an, to want to have an extraordinary experience, like something special, like you know, some, something, you know, something nice or something bored or something like that. Uh, expecting something like this to happen, something extraordinary, prevents you to see that something extraordinary is already happening. 
And that's this. That's the how. That's the that's the uh, the the mystery and the vividness of life. <coughs> that extraordinary is already happening. So if you have expectations, then you kind of push that away. It's not good enough. So, I'm happy about that uh, <laughs> that formulation. Relax your expectations. So I, from now on, I will never ever say, "Don't you?" I I I I think I haven't said it for many years, but I used to say it. No, it's also I think it's one of the John Kabat-Zinn eight attitudes or something like that, and it's just stupid to say that to people. <clears throat> I, I mean, why would you say something which no, nobody can do? To to make them feel guilty? But if you say wish, I wish. I wish, yeah, that would be I, I also. I wish to have less expectation. Yeah. I wish to have less uh, yeah. judgment. That would be. It's that would same. be a, yeah. a formulation like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's more not yeah, it's more like it, it can. Then it becomes a process, and you are curious, and you kind of so the way you put it now, and you accept that it is happening, and yeah, and and but there is this wish of becoming more easygoing with it, and 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 yeah, and it, 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 I, I know it 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 happens. We all have the capacity <coughs> to be more easygoing with ourselves and others, so. Uh, we can we can relax our expectation and judgments. It's definitely in our capacity. Yes, we can. Okay. So I have to speak up a bit. Ah, yeah. So I think uh, about that I will talk next time. Settle in, slide out. So that's uh, uh, finding your own entry protocol for your practice. So there is like a, a lot of uh, teachings in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. Like in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition, you have an entry protocol for your practice. You slide in, you know, you do things, and it's called the preliminaries or preparation practices. So. And uh, so I w next time I w want to explore that part of our practice. So what are your rituals? How do, how do you get ready? You know, what can you do to slide in? And equally important is to slide out of the practice. Uh, like what do you do towards the end? Yeah? So you, you, how, and how do you bring it then into your, into your relationships and into your daily life? So I will talk about that next time. It's an important theme. And it needs to be also private and uh, personal. Yeah. So uh, I can't just say, okay, now we all take <coughs> refuge, and then we say, I I take refuge in Buddha Dharma Sangha. Yeah. And so if it does not mean anything for you, then it's not a good entry protocol for you. So we have to talk about that. Increase tolerance for the unresolved. There's a beautiful line in one of uh, the writings of Rainer Maria Rilke in, uh, in a text. Uh, it's called the 
the letter to a young poet. It's actually a letter he wrote to a young poet. And in that letter he writes something like, be patient with what is unresolved in your heart. And, uh, and this is a beautiful, uh, a beautiful, wise advice. To be, to, because in meditation practice, stuff comes up. Yeah? You know, people feel, you know, you, you, you feel, for example, the pain and the tension and the restlessness and the feelings you usually don't want to feel. Where they don't have space to be felt because you're so busy. So meditation practice means stuff comes up, hurt comes up, that which you don't want to touch comes up. So and there will be, and there will be uh, wounds in you, unresolved things, which you might not be able to resolve or heal in this life. So it could be that the best you can do it is to embrace it again and again and to love it again and again without uh, without coming to a final resolution for example you know you lost a child or you experienced something very very difficult in childhood well, I mean, yeah, I think we all have stuff like that. Because it's also not only personal, uh, because we also are in touch with uh, wounds and traumas in our society. So we are not going to res to heal and resolve all, all of that. So uh, it's, it's so beautiful to relax and to, and to realize, and you don't... I mean, it's quite simple. What you need to do <coughs> is to love. The unresolved. And that does not mean you need to indulge in it and be there all the time. But when it comes up, when it shows, yes, then, then you are there for it. So that's uh, curious caring. That's I talked about that last time. So you can you can listen to it on SoundCloud, or I also put it on on uh, YouTube, or it's still on Facebook the recording. So I talked a lot about this important attitude of, and I mentioned it also today, the caring, curious, loving view in meditation. That's what we. That's. I think, for me right now, the most important. Break the rules. Very important. Just break them. So all what I said tonight is wrong. The opposite is also true. Break the rules. Freak out. Be wild. Give space to your wildest impulses and thoughts and feelings in your meditation practice.
that does not mean that you necessarily live them out. Yeah? But break the rules. No, I didn't actually. Did I not write down another rebel? Oh. But there's a, a talk recently I gave, which is called something, Honor the Rebel. Yeah? So that's Honor the Rebel in you. Also now, Honor that which, uh, you know, said, what a bullshit. That's so stupid what he just said. Probably you are right. I mean, I can't sit here for two hours and not saying something really stupid. Then otherwise I, I would be I would have to be very careful, yeah, very like restrained, and I I couldn't dare to go a bit into the extremes and you know and play play because I would be so afraid uh, to say something wrong, and I said something wrong. So, and how do you know? It's like honor your rebel, take it serious. The rebel, he wants to protect you, so that people can't sell your bullshit. And people want to, sh sh I mean, uh, I don't know if I want to sell you bullshit, but, but uh, so honor the rebel, be a rebel, break the rules, sneak out of the monastery, get drunk. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> how, how did you, um, when the rebel is, is big thing overwhelming how do you step by, by step on it yeah because it can be scary well, so one thing you learn one thing you learn in meditation is the difference of giving space to impulses and and what's coming up and not being a slave of them that's what you learn in meditation because you sit quietly so if the rebel comes up here, so you notice it, and then you, and then you, so you know the energy, you take it, and then you can like, okay, how old is he? I'm thirteen. Yeah, maybe I'm not listening to that. Yeah, so he, the the thirteen-year teenage rebel in you, is allowed to be here, but he shouldn't run the show. He shouldn't drive the car, yeah. But he can sit in the back, in the back, and be your advisor, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and sometimes if it's a, a, a kind of more mature rebel, the rebel in you which which knows what a kind of a more adult rebel, yes, then you say, okay, take over. Mm -hmm. Now you drive. So. Uh, that's what you what you cultivate in meditation. That this this freedom of realizing, I can honor my urges, but I'm not a slave of them. They are all allowed. But I don't need to be uh, terrorized by them or enslaved by them. Sleep is not a problem. I think uh, I talked about that recently a few times. Yeah? So if you fall asleep, that's fantastic. That means that you have a sleep, def sleep deficit and you pay it back and then you feel more rested. Sleep more. Uh, slide into sleep in meditation. 
if you fall asleep uh, doing a body scan or something like that, it's great. Rest, 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 rest. Sleep more. Sleeping is not a waste of time. Not at all. Sleeping makes you beautiful. It makes you more kind. It makes you more generous. More creative. Sleeping is the best thing you do for your Im immune system. For your also for your you know for the inner work of working through stuff, yeah, through the dreams. Sleep. Ten hours every night. Get to ten hours. Make a make a competition. <laughs> make a competition with yourself. Ten hours sleep. And then, of course, it happens sometimes when people uh, meditate and they're in retreat that they notice that they, they, that they need less sleep. Yeah? So then you notice maybe, yeah, actually, I, six hours of sleep, uh, they, it's enough. But don't boast with it. I mean, never boast with you know, this kind of stuff. But particularly with that. Because it's harmful for other people. Because then they think, other people think, oh yeah, wow, this is a sign of spiritual advancement if you only sleep four hours. Yeah? And then they cut down on, on their sleep. If it happens naturally, that's good. Of course. Then it's healthy and, and it fits. But you'd keep it private. So that it does not become a kind of indicator for spiritual progress in spiritual circles. Yeah? It's all part of the productivity madness. It's all part of this idea that our life is, is uh, the value of our life depends on what the outcome is, like what we, what we produce. It's a stupid idea. So sleep is good. Yeah, speed and slow is not a problem. I, I said that in the beginning with the rhythm. Yeah. So mindful walking does not mean or mindful eating <coughs> after one hour. <laughs> yeah. No, it has nothing to do with uh, with speed. Follow your uh, find your own speed in in your practice. If you're a speedy person. Do speedy mantra, mantra practice, if that fits, if, that is, if, if you're a speedy person, do speedy uh, walking meditation. And then, and then when you do that, if you give space to that, you might find naturally that you slow down, but it's not forced. And if you are a slow person and you like to, you know, do just one thing, you just light a candle, in the morning, ah, oh, okay, so very slow. So then you honor your, then you honor your, then you are loyal to your own preferences, to your own rhythm, to what is wholesome for you. Okay. Time is up. Questions next time. <laughs>